Jesus is in my life. And hopefully Jesus is in your life today. My name is John, and I am blessed to serve as a pastor here. And I want to thank you for being here. As Violetta already mentioned, if you're a guest with us, I would love to meet you after the service. I'll be right there uh, in the foyer. And so for those of you that are regular around here, we're going to do what we normally do every Sunday. Some of you are going to be like, oh, I didn't know this was about to happen, all right? So I'm warning you. God is good. And all the time. Do you believe that today? You can celebrate that. God is so good. So good to us. And uh, I, uh, I just want to say thank you to the worship team for working so hard to just point us to Jesus. It's not about the sound or the songs. It's about Jesus. And I'm thankful that they were able to do that for us today. Now, we are in our series, as Violetta already mentioned, Regeneration. This is our fourth and final week of this series. And uh, let me encourage you, if you have been kind of thinking, maybe I need to get some more information about that ministry, or maybe a testimony you heard kind of just resonated with you, and you can't get it out of your head to stop thinking about it or praying about it, I want to encourage you today when we're dismissed, there's tables in the back, just to go sign up. It's not committing for the next year of your life, but you're just signing up to maybe get more information that you could um, be more informed as you pray about. Maybe God wants to be a part of this, this ministry. Um, as we have been doing the last few weeks, I'm going to give you the normal greeting for Regen, and I hope that you remember your part, okay? Hello, my name is John, and I have a new life in Christ. I'm in recovery for fear of rejection, people-pleasing, and pride. Very good. You remembered. Now, I love this statement about, really kind of gives you just a summary statement of what Regen is, or regeneration. I, if you hear me say Regen, because it's just short for regeneration, okay? Uh, and Regen is this. It's for hurting people who are willing to be honest as they can be healthy, or so they can be healthy. Because we have a tendency, all of us, to want to hide our hurts and our hang-ups and our habits. That's just, that's natural. Remember what Adam and Eve did in the garden? What did they do the moment they sinned? They went and hid. And, and that's what we all have a tendency to do. We can't have healing in the hiding, okay? We have, to, we have to come and be honest, and that's what Regen is about, finding honesty and transparency. And so I, I want to say, I know I've said this every week, but I want to publicly thank all of those who have been willing to come up and share their story, because it takes courage uh, to, to be transparent in front of an entire church, and so I'm thankful for them. I want to give you a quick review over the... Uh, so in Regen, there's 12 biblical foundations, some would say maybe 12 steps. And as we said every single week, that our hope is not in regeneration ministry, okay? Our hope is in Jesus. The regener regeneration ministry is a tool to point you to Jesus and to walk as Jesus would walk. But as we think about these 12 biblical foundations or 12 steps, let me give you the first, uh, I'm going to give you the first nine where we've already been just as a way of review. In all of these, we'll see that we're trying to get freedom, Freedom from our sins, freedom from our addictions, freedom from our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups. 
And the first three points really turn, as you can see on the screen, to experience freedom. What that really means is that we're, these first three steps will lead you to freedom from the penalty of sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Like, that's the punishment for sinning. The Bible also says that we've all sinned. So in other words, all of us deserve the punishment of death, and death being separation from our holy, righteous God for all of eternity. In order to have freedom from the penalty of sin, you've got to do these first three things. Now, if you've been at Hallmark very long, you know often I say these three things. Even if you noticed in the prayer this morning, I pray these three things. I'm going to admit, I'm going to believe, and I'm going to confess. Or as you see on the screen, what Regen would say is trust. It's the same thing. I'm going to trust in the work of Jesus Christ. Admit, believe, and confess. So the really first step to freedom is Jesus. You've got to have Jesus. The next three steps are talk about enjoying freedom. So steps four, five, and six. And I'm just kind of breaking them down as we have been preaching through them each week. The first is inventory. Number four is inventory that as David prayed, each day I'm going to get up and say, God, search my heart and see if there are any wickedness in me. And, and the understanding of this prayer is that as I pray for God to reveal sin in my life, when God reveals the sin in my life, it would lead me to step number five or foundation number five, is I'm going to confess that. I'm going to live in agreement. Yes, this is sin. God has pointed out in my life that this habit or this whatever I might be dealing with, this is a sin. It doesn't live up to the standard that God has placed. And so I'm going to confess that. Yes, God, I'm going to live in agreement. The next step of living in agreement is first I'm going to inventory my life. Is there sin? Yes, there's sin. I'm going to confess my sin. And then the next step is to repent. And this is the idea of Not just living in agreement, yes, this is wrong, but I'm going to turn from my sin. I'm going to turn back towards Christ. I'm going to repent. I'm going to do everything. Paul kind of said this way. He said, flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness. It's this action of I'm confessing and I'm repenting. I'm turning from that habit or hang up, and I'm going to turn towards Christ. All right, so the next three sets of three, we're expressing freedom. And those three were seven, eight, and nine. Follow. This is a daily decision. This may alarm you, may frustrate you, um, but if you go through the regen ministry, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go through this for a year, and then I'll never have a problem again. I mean, I wish that were true. But you realize we live in a fallen world. We have an enemy called Satan, and we have our own fleshly desires. And so every day I'm going to have to make a decision. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to daily die to self, as Scripture says. Number eight is I'm I'm going to forgive. I'm going to live in forgiveness. And and remember what we said a few weeks ago, that hurting people hurt people. But forgiven people forgive people. And that's what Paul wrote about in Ephesians. He says that we are to forgive as Christ forgave us. Understanding that I don't deserve forgiveness. The Bible is very clear. The wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's by God's grace. And so as he forgives me, I should live in forgiveness with others. And number nine is just kind of a 
the next step, I guess, of forgiveness is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make amends. Um, these, these are really hard words to say. I am sorry. Aren't those hard to say? Could, could you say them with me this morning? Because it's difficult for me to stand up here and say them. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. I am sorry. Here's, here's another set that's, that's really hard to say. It's my fault. Ooh, that hurt. Bart's like, I'm not saying that one. <laughs> Let's pray for Bart today. It's, not, it's my fault. Can you say that one with me? It's my fault. I didn't want to say it either. What do we, what do we like to say? Yeah. Shelly was quick to point at her husband. It's his fault. We're going to have some marriage counseling right here on the two front rows this morning. I w- that's not my notes. I'm looking for it. Really not. Will you forgive me? That's hard, isn't it? But if I'm going to live in agreements to the Scripture and I'm going to live in obedience, I'm going to follow God every day. I'm going to dance when the music comes on. <laughs> There's all kinds of distractions going on today. It's, this is awesome. Here's, here's what I know. Satan does not want you to hear this message. He does not want you to be free from the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups you have. But God, he sent his son so that you could have freedom. And not just have freedom from the penalty of sin, but he wants you to live free from the, the power of sin in your life. And that's really what these biblical foundations are doing. If we will every day live in these biblical foundations in the power of God that rests in us, the Spirit of God who dwells in us, the Spirit of God who can empower us, the Bible says that the same Spirit of God who raised Jesus from death lives in the Father of Jesus. And we can have power over sin in our life, but it's not in my power. It's in God's power. And so I want to make amends. I want to say, I'm sorry. I'm going to say, will you forgive me? So today, we're going to hit the last three. It's interesting this morning, I've, I've, I, I have come to this realization. I'm not good at planning things. How many of you are not good at planning things? How many of you just kind of, whatever happens today is going to happen today, and I'm going to roll with it, okay? Like, that's just me. I, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. Whatever happens, happens. I'm good with it. Um, you know what I also have found out? God's pretty good at planning things. I think two people agree with that. God's pretty good at planning things. Do you agree with that? And as I looked at these last three steps, these last biblical foundations, they seem very similar to what we talked about last week. Remember in Philippians chapter 1, I challenge you to set your phone alarm for a 109 because of Philippians chapter 1 verse 9, and Paul had prayed that people would know God more, that he would, they would love God more, and then verse 14 talked about sharing God more. This, this seems pretty similar. So step number 10 is to continue. Okay, this seems a little strange, right? Continue. What does it mean to continue? Anybody know? It means to continue, right? <laughs> like, just keep going. Like, 
wash, rinse, repeat. Like whatever you've just, whatever we just went over those first nine steps, yeah, you might go back and do those again. Continue. Another word I think that it could easily come out of that is this word abide. In John chapter 15, remember Jesus says that he's the vine, we are the branches, and the branches must abide in the vine because apart from Jesus, we can do what? Nothing. There's nothing good in me is what Paul said. My righteousness, my goods, deeds, my good actions are as filthy rags. That's what Paul compared them to. And so we want to abide in Christ because the strength to overcome the power of sin in my life is not in my willpower, my desire, my whatever you can think of. It's in the power of God that rests in me. And I'm only going to have the power of God as much as I connect to the power of God. And Paul said in Romans chapter number 12, Here's that word I said earlier. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, you present yourself, you present your life, you present your, you, who you are, as what? What are you presenting yourself as God to? A living sacrifice, meaning that every day I'm going to follow, I'm going to surrender, I'm going to submit to what God's plan is for my life. And Paul says it's like, it's your reasonable act of worship, or service, then I'm just going to say, God, you sent your son to die in my place. And because I'm a follower of Jesus, I have the power from the penalty of sin. I, I'm free from the payment of sin. And because of that, because of what you did in my life, every single day, I'm going to present my body as a living sacrifice. God, whatever you want, I'm going to abide in you. I'm going to continue walking in Christ. It goes on in verse number two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, continuing to walk with Christ, continuing to say, God, how, when, what, I surrender, God, work in and through me. I want to continue. I want to know God more. Number three is intimacy, and it says, dare to run to the God who ran to you. You know, the Bible says that none of us seek after God on our own. That God has sought after you. What a, think about that for a moment. The God who created the universe, the God who spoke the worlds into existence, He pursues after you. He loves you. Remember what it was like? I, I remember, it's been a, a few years ago now, I remember when I was 19, and I looked across the cafeteria college, and there was this beautiful lady over there. You know what I mean? And she looked across the room and saw me, and she pursued with everything after me. <laughs> you guys don't like me very much. <laughs> if you want to know the rest of the story, you can talk to me later. This week we were reading James chapter 4 in our reading it made me think of this thought of intimacy. It's like this three steps here that I think we could incorporate every single day. James says, submit to God. 
This is the idea of step number seven, that I'm going to follow God. I'm going to, every day I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to surrender to God. And then he says to what? Resist the devil. I'm going to, as Paul said, it flee youthful lust, but I'm going to pursue righteousness. So James says, submit, surrender to God, resist the devil. And then in verse number eight, James says, draw near to God. What does the rest of that verse say? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It doesn't matter how far you've walked away from God. You're one step back. And you'll find out he'll meet you where you're at. Do you realize this morning that you, in this moment, you are as close to God as you choose to be? So I'm going to every day continue to know God more. Every day, this step 11 intimacy, I'm going to love God more. Number 12 is regenerate. I'm going to dare to reproduce. And what did we say last week? Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. I'm going to love God more. I'm going to know God more. And then verse 14, Paul said, because of my chains, people have become more bold. And we said, I want to share God more. Because here's the reality is, is God rescued you. If you were a follower of Jesus, God rescued you. And the moment he rescued you, he also sent you out on a rescue mission. We've talked about this the last few weeks, that, that the church cannot just be a huddle for the holy, but it has to be a hospital for the hurting. We have to be a place where people can find Jesus. We have to be a place where we just sing about, we speak Jesus over our community and over this country and over our city because the hope of the world is not in any party. Do you realize that? The hope of the world is the name Jesus. And I want to add, we, we already reviewed this, but I want to add another statement to it. Hurting people hurt people. Forgiven people forgive people. And found people find people. And here's, here's where it's going to get personal for a moment. Who is going to be in heaven? Because you found them. Because it's easy to sit in church and say, yeah, we want to be a hospital for the hurting. Sounds great. Sign me up. But who have you given the gospel to? Who are you right now praying for? Oh, God, I, I pray that they would find Jesus. Because found people find people. You, you see, God has an amazing way of turning my mess into his message. You guys ever made a mess of your life? You guys ever made a mess of your life? Amen, you have. Or I'm just going to speak for you, okay? And God has an amazing way of turning my mess into his message. And God has an amazing way of turning a test into a testimony. And God wants you to share your story for his glory. So the end of regeneration is not just so you feel better about yourself and you have some resources. 
and tools. They're all good and that's great. But when you find Jesus, what you should be challenged to do, what the Spirit is wanting you to do is to go find other people. People need Jesus. Did you sense the Spirit of God when we were singing this morning? I mean, when angels started hitting that high note and just belting out, I almost stood up my pew. I felt like I was in an old Baptist church and I was going to get my hanky out, but I don't have a hanky. So anyways, did you guys feel that? Do you know there's people in this community that have never experienced that? They need Jesus. And so this morning, I'm going to invite a good friend of mine, Marty's going to come up. And he's going to share his story. And see, every one of these people who have shared their story, the reason that they have the courage enough to stand up here and confess some of their sins to you is because they want you to know that you can have freedom from the power of sin in your life through the name of Jesus. Would you give Marty a hand as he shares his story today? Thank you, Marty. I don't have this memorized. I'm be reading, so... Not the eye contact thing going here, but... Hi, my name is Marty. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery for porn addiction, lust, and lack of trust in God. I came to Regen with the purpose of making another attempt to deal with my porn and sexual addiction that had all but destroyed my marriage. I'd heard about Regen from Mitch Williams and Mike Haley, who had gone through the program, and also from a co-worker who went to Watermark Dallas. I was in desperation mode when I started attending Watermark Fort Worth, hoping my wife would go with me and that we could turn things around. At that same time, I walked through the doors of Regen for the first time. Growing up in a minister's home, I was blessed to have been raised with love and a Christian foundation. Me and my two brothers were in church as soon as we left the hospital. I accepted Christ at the age of six, and though I was young, I never had a doubt that my eternity was secure. Even though I was a virgin when I was married, I began testing the boundaries with my first girlfriend in high school. I may not have had sex, but I allowed myself to be tempted by the many things that were meant for a man and woman in matrimony. Though I stayed strong in my faith and service to the Lord in college, my need for that next girlfriend continued with many of the same behaviors. Even though God was doing a work in my life, my need for sex was a part of my life I chose not to turn over to him. I picked up the piano again when I was in college and taught myself to play again and began writing songs along with leading a local college group, a high school group on Wednesday nights, and even a part-time job as a youth music pastor at a small church close to the A&M camp- campus. Later, I led worship for a large college group and started a Christian band one summer in my hometown. But my pattern of setting my own boundaries and my relationships continued and porn was added to the mix when the world of the internet was available. When I met my wife, the pattern of bending the sexual rules continued to the point where she went back to Wyoming to prepare for our wedding so it would be easier for us to keep our hands off each other. The pattern of idolizing sex continued to grow. I brought the porn problem into our marriage too and sometimes confessed, sometimes got caught, either way hurting my wife over and over again. I surrendered to the full-time ministry and served at two churches as a worship pastor. 
while also teaching and starting small group ministries. At the second church, I got caught looking at, a, at porn on a church computer. If it were not for the unconditional love of that pastor, I'm sure I would have been fired. God made it clear not long after that he wanted me to concentrate on my marriage more than ministry. So I got a secular job again, but I did not repent. Some other pretty traumatic events in my marriage, along with continued issues with porn, got me and my wife, Mandy, in counseling. Our relationship was severed, my sexual addiction still at the forefront. I would even go look at porn at my office after getting off late at a Pizza Hut job I used to deliver for extra money. My issues were getting close to the cusp of unmanageable and not much changed after we moved back to Fort Worth. Then, during my youngest son's senior year, my wife mentioned separation. The message was clear. She was done being hurt by my recurring problem. I knew I needed to change, and even though I always had accountability partners, church, and a daily walk with God, I had not done one thing, learned to trust God with everything, including my porn and sexual addiction. Inner Regen. As I sat in the groundwork circle and heard the testimonies on stage, it was clear that most had tried to manage their problems on their own and had failed. It sounded so familiar. The first step in Regen is to admit we are powerless over our addictions, brokenness, and sinful patterns, and that in our own power, our lives are unmanageable. Romans seven eighteen says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Again, it was trusting in myself, and eventually, in my own power, I would go back to selfishness and feeding my flesh. As I did my inventory in step four, I wrote down time and again the repeated sin patterns and the hurt that I had caused. It was sinking in that the way of doing things was insanity, which in one definition is doing the same things over and over again and somehow expecting a different result. My way was fulfilling the obligations of Christianity and still choosing lust and porn to fulfill me and not truly trusting the Savior who could help me, heal me, and give me above and beyond all I could ask or imagine according to his riches and glory, Ephesians 3.20. Then came the breakthrough, step six, becoming entirely ready to turn away from my pattern of sin and turn to God. I was reminded that I need to flee my own passions and pursue and trust in him. I finally began to realize that the more I relied on him and ran to him, the further the cruxes of the past and my own my old behaviors would be from me. I began to understand that is a day-by-day, hour-by-hour commitment. I know I'm a work in progress, and I know there are consequences to my actions, but I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6. If I could tell you one thing, it would be that we are all broken and all sin. I need to trust God, confess to him and to others, repent and make amends with those we hurt. Don't hide your sin, your hurts, or your hang-ups. Let God heal you through his word and through the encouragement of Christian accountability. I'm excited about the freedom I'm experiencing and look forward to sharing with others who are struggling and with those who still have not realized the joy there is in a fully trusting relationship in Christ Jesus. My name is Marty. I have a new life in Christ. Thanks for letting me share.
I want to go back to what we talked about last week that's really been the continuation of our three steps today. Many of you made a commitment last week that you would love God more, know God more, and share God more. And it's hard to do that if you have unconfessed sin. And and I want to encourage you today as you have listened to Marty's story that God can set you free. When I think about the last four weeks going through this series, it's been a wide variety of struggles that people deal with. And maybe you're sitting there today going, that story or that story or that struggle, that's, that's mine. And can I encourage you today Turn it over to God. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you.